All right, everybody. Well, welcome back to Strong Asian Lead. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about Asian Americans and entertainment with the trips and trial tribulations and the hero's journey of Asians and uh, Asian entertainment and what it could be and what we need to fix. I'm your host, Masami Moria. And today we're joined with Alex Chester from Mixed Asian Media. Uh, I'd like to really talk about, um, you know, being mixed Asian in, in just in general. <laughs> but then, um, you know, I think there's a lot of entertainment world I'd love to learn about. I, uh, I am myself mixed. And so I'd like to hear, have this conversation because it gets to happen so often. So Alex, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Big fan. Oh, we're big fans of you. I think that's just been a great collaboration. I mean, I've known you for a couple of years, so it's like, it feels good to see everything just bloom into something new. Thank you. Yeah, same for you. Like, I'm very happy of our partnership and working together. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I'd like to get into that a little bit more too as well. But um, for right now, tell, tell me about uh, me and the audience about Mixed Asian Media, uh, when to get started, why to get started, you know, and, I, and, and what it feels like to, to make something like this. Sure. So it started in 2017 and we were known as Hoppa Mag and uh, it was an online magazine, a quarterly online magazine. We would have 12 to maybe 16 articles, interviews. It, it was a lifestyle magazine. So basically anything and everything welcome in this, as long as it was produced, written, created by someone of mixed Asian American Pacific Islander Native Hawaiian descent. Uh, it's a mouthful. And last, no, yes, last year, what is time? I don't know what time is anymore. Uh, no last year in May, uh, we decided to rebrand to Mixed Asia Media specifically to better serve the mixed community more uh, because not everyone identifies with the word HAPA. There is a lot of, a lot of people don't know exactly the, the, the origin of the word. They just think, oh, it's cool, I'm Hapa. But they don't really know like that. It, there's a lot of contention around the word, that there's a lot of colonization around the word, and they don't know the history. So we wanted to make sure that we were being uber respectful of the indigenous Hawaiians and their language. Uh, I think that for me, I, I, I've always been called Hapa. Uh, and, you know, identity changes, it ebbs and flows, and there's no wrong way to identify. But I just think it's always important to realize words have power and to know the origin of the word if you're going to use it. So we changed to mixed Asian media. And I think it was a really good idea for us because we're more than a, a zine. We produced our first ever mixed Asian media fest in September, and we had over 100 speakers, over 200 attendees, over 60 exhibitions with a 1.1 million reach. So, so cool. I think it's, yeah, I think it's kind of important that we're not just known as, oh, they're just an online magazine. We can be so much more than that. And as a mixed Asian, we are more than that. We're, we should never be just put in a box. So we wanted to be able to expand and to better serve our community and kind of just be able to say, yeah, we can do that project or no, maybe we don't want to do that project. It also helps we have pivoted from being a quarterly online magazine to we will just release articles as they come in, which is great because we can better um, cover an event or a new TV show coming out in a timely fashion. Uh, so often we had to tell different PR companies, oh no, I'm sorry, we can't cover that TV show or that actor because our magazine, uh, the next issue doesn't align with the release date of your project. And now we can be like, sure, we'll cover it. So that's basically it in a nutshell. That's great. Yeah. And I've seen that transformation over time. So I'm glad to hear that the, the SEO is doing really well, much better than some hop us. And sometimes you just have to search for it if you don't know what it is. Um, and it, those... some of the results that I see that like when I, I'm looking at the results of how do people find us are, are wild. It's like Hoppa escorts, mixed oh, Asian no. hotties. And I'm like, oh my God, we're not oh. a freaking escort service guys. Oh. Yeah. Ew. You know, I'm surprised I haven't seen that on like, you know, adult sites. <laughs> it's like, hoppas. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised though. Right. Oh, I mean, gross. I'm all for sex workers, rights, <laughs> and all that. Like, you do you. I am, I will support. But I, I was like, fixation media. Okay, cool. <laughs> what, you found us. Yeah. Well, why mixed Asian? I think, you know, I, I, even for myself, like, I didn't, I, I, I've always been mixed. I've always been, um, 
since I was born. And so, but I didn't like, I've never really dived into it. I think recently I've gotten in, I got into my Japanese side because I really resonated with my white side for so long. Um, but coming back into my Japanese side, I'm like really going to my Japanese identity. Um, not pushing my white side aside, but I'm like, I'm just tired of it. I'm like, I already kind of know it. I get it. It's like, that's a, that's the, that's like a, an American norm of Christmas and Easter and Christianity and Catholicism. But mm. like, I really wanted to learn more that I didn't know. My dad doesn't know. My grandmother kind of teaches me. But <clears throat> mixed identity itself, I don't really um, under not understand, but like I don't I don't have a full grasp of the concept of, you know, a community part of that way. It's kind of just like, oh, you're mixed, you're mixed, like great. But then I know understand there's more about um multicultural two sides of the families yes um getting that so what are you finding i mean why mixed asian medias and um and people but then what's important about the community aspect well for one thing mixed asian media i think it's a, a fun play of words where one we're mixed asian and two we're a bunch of mixed different medias right so it's a mm. fun play of words Good. and also um ma'am and it is a very heavily dominated female identifying group of folks that run MAM, aside from Sam Tanabe, the managing editor. So it's basically MAM, the MAMs and, and Sam. Um, so there, there's that play of words. And then um, for me, I was always being forced in the box. And, and I can only speak for myself of, of terms of mixed identity, always being forced in the box of being Asian. And I could never, I never had the chance to really acknowledge that I am a Jewish woman as well. So because of that, it was very frustrating because I never, my dad, I mean, you, your family as well, my Japanese family has been here for a very long time. So we, no one speaks Japanese in my family. Um, my, my Jewish side speaks a little Yiddish. Um, so I think especially here in the United States, you're surrounded, and especially here in like in New York City and where you are in LA, you're surrounded by so many different cultures and different creeds. And I think it's really important to be able to acknowledge the mixedness of just walking down the street. Um, and also being able to say, you know what, today I feel more Japanese today and that's okay. Or, hey, you know, this Jewish holiday is coming up. I'm going to be uber Jewish. And that's cool too. Like you don't have to pick a side. And I think that's why it's really important to have a mixed community, to have that identity that you don't have to choose and it can change. There's no right or wrong reason for it. Um, there's a wonderful, I'm sure you've read it yourself, The Mixed Bill of Rights by Dr. Maria P.P. Root. No, I haven't. Can you tell oh, me about it? It's a, I don't want to call it a, it's not, it's not a poem, but it's a bill of rights, essentially. Just saying, you know, I have the right to identify any way I choose. I have the right to dress the way I want to dress. It, it's just lists everything you can possibly think of that comes with identity. And it's just about being mixed and embracing your mixedness and realizing it doesn't have to be one or the other. And it can be a combination. Um, I, not that my, my dad's side is Buddhist and my mom's side is Jewish, but we always had a Christmas tree because my mom liked Christmas trees. They're pretty. Um, but we, and we had a menorah, you know, so there was always a mixedness there. Yeah. You don't have to be one, right? Yeah. There's so much more, I think, but the concept of, of being, um, not the concept, I guess, like the media portrays families as having one religion or one thing, um, where our, yeah. our census, our, the census that we fill out, usually just one thing or the other rarely makes i think i was doing some other form paper today and like which race do you identify with i'm like multiple like nope can't do multiple can't like, do that other <laughs> yeah basically. <laughs> or and do not disclose and, and that's what it's always been you have to always check the other box and i think there's also i mean i always say this there is a superpower in being mixed you so often are exposed to two sides of a situation whether you like it or not mm. and i think that we can bridge the gap we can, you know, maybe we can create world peace. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I doubt it, but I do think there is a superpower in that. And I think it's just so important to let kids growing up now and, and adults who are still having 
identity issues to realize that's okay. You, you don't have to figure it all out and you don't have to be like, oh yeah, I'm just mixed. I'm so cool. That's, you don't have to do that either. You can just be, and, and, you know, not everything is so black and white. There's so much gray in the center. Yeah. You don't have to be one or the other and you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. I think that's and that's another thing, doing. you know, I grew up and I didn't see anyone else that looked like me, which is very surprising for uh, growing up in Southern California, but I was in a very white school. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Uh, and just even growing up in the entertainment industry, there weren't that many Asians to begin with, let alone mixed kids. So then I was even more so in the minority. Yeah. And then you were telling me about a story about um, when they were asking for a family to come in, right? <laughs> oh, gosh, which one? Um, there. So. So I was up for a TV show at Disney. It was down to the producer call. My contract was being drawn up like I thought I thought it was in the bag at this point. And so I go into the room to do the final audition and there's like probably 30 people in the room. And I was always told, you know, a lot of people mess up in this. They get really nervous because there's so many people, but you have a theater background, you're going to be fine. And I thought it was great. And my agents got the call the next day that they weren't going to go with me because I didn't fit the family situation. Hmm. Um, it was very heartbreaking. I think I'm still bitter about it, to be honest. Uh, but I am very happy to see that Disney has changed their tune and they have many mixed families on screen, but it was not the case when I was doing my thing in LA. Was it the, that the family was white and you weren't white enough or? No, um, they either wanted to have an all black family or an all Asian family mm. and that God forbid they had a mixed family. Yeah, that's like, so they went. So they went with the all black family instead. Yeah, it's one of those things that you couldn't have this either. There can't be this type of family because there's so, you know, we don't see that on TV. So people won't resonate with that. But a lot of people are have mixed so families. Many people do. Oh, I mean, and recently, not so recently, I think it was 20. It was either in the beginning of the year of 2020, right before the pandemic hit or the end of 2019 where I had booked a commercial, national commercial, I probably shouldn't say which one. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a cell phone service provider, I'll say that much. And I was gonna be the blushing bride and it was like a comedic bit. And they were like, okay, we just, you just have to dye your hair. That's the only thing. I was like, okay, fine. For this amount of money, yes, I will, sure, I will dye my hair. And my agent calls me, don't dye your hair. Calls me like the next day, don't do it. They have decided to go a, a different look. They're going white because they haven't figured out how they didn't like figure out the family situation again. Once again, it couldn't they couldn't have a white mom or a or an Asian mom. It it just it wasn't working for them. So I took it as, well, I'm Asian enough to be Asian, but I'm not white enough to be white for you. And I I I was about to sue, to be honest. Yeah. Like I was talking to SAG after and they were like, we can do an investigation if you want. And I was really close to doing that, but the problem was they would have known it was me and it would have gone back to casting. And I respect this casting office a lot. And I know that it would have been very detrimental to me in my career. Mm. Isn't that terrible? I think that's terrible. I think it's like, it's not blackmail, but it's that whole, like, they're going to hold this over your head. Like you're going to get, you're going to get blacklisted, but you know, I think in this day and age, we really need to like stay and do something. I mean, I don't blame you for not doing because you have to protect your career and you got to get jobs and stuff. But, you know, it's, it's like, what do we do? Like, that's really the question I really want to um, pose the community is like, what do we do when we see that happening? And then we don't do anything about it. It just lets, yes. lets them perpetuate that, that same issue. I was really just, disappointed in myself that I decided not to be like, fuck you. Can we curse on here? cool. Fuck you. I'm going to take you down. But you know, it's hard to take down big corporate America, right? So what I did was I belonged to that cell phone provider and I went cancel the plan. 
and I moved to a different provider. That'll show them. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> yeah, but that really sucks. I feel like. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I still got paid, but I didn't, you know, wasn't in the commercial and I didn't get the residuals, which is really what you want. Yeah, totally. <laughs> No, I think that's that's a that's a problem. I really want to do what we want to do in the future is have like surveys and make sure anonymous surveys, anonymous things that people can tune in and say, "Hey, what did you experience?" Yeah. So I think that I think it happens more often than we think it does, but we don't talk about it. We don't nothing hits national news, or they get maybe they get a small settlement, or they don't get anything at all, and they just we're afraid of their career, right? And yeah. I understand people being afraid of their career, but it's it's come to the point that it's now becoming an issue for our career to even have the job so which yeah. one would like which one would we rather take would we rather take the racism that's going to get in prejudice of it or you know pretend to be blacklisted by what just white hollywood right the asian hollywood will keep you black hollywood will keep you latinx will keep you they're like they're all going to embrace you it's the white studio executives and yeah. casting to be like no i'm like okay fine <laughs> and that's the problem it is the problem and you know that's why and of course, I was afraid that if I get blacklisted, then what's going to happen to mixed Asia media, mm-hmm. right? Not that like, oh, I have, I'm so in in Hollywood, that would seriously matter. But you know, people do talk. And it's a very small industry, even aside from the acting industry, even just within the media outlets, it's a very small industry within the PR companies. And I, I'm not willing to jeopardize ma'am, because I feel like we are doing really good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I see other there are other groups that actually do kind of fight it a little bit, yeah. and it's unfortunate because I actually think they're doing the best, some of the best work, but they don't have that the recognition. No, they really don't. Sad. And that's always been my hope is like to get the recognition, so then I can take down these people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to get back to uh, mixed Asian and mixed Asian media and understanding, um, you know, how why. It's not why, but like what's what's within the entertainment industry that you're um, building in, promoting? Like, I feel like one of the reasons why you kind of bring it up is you're um, not, a, not only a zine, but you, you bring awareness and you bring people to the screen and interviews with mixed Asian music to ask about being a mixed Asian. And so what have you what have you learned in this process? That so many of our stories are the same. And I, it's so connected. Uh, there is just so many people that have really f- have this like piece of them missing. And that is community. I have found whether it's a big celebrity or someone who's just starting out. Uh, it's always for the most part, every single person that we have interviewed has been like, oh, my God, there's more people like me. This is amazing. And so that's been the big thing for me is showing that there is a community. Um, that our stories matter, that they matter, that they're not just another pretty face on TV. Because uh, so often or not, you know, it's, they don't necessarily even get to play mixed on TV or the screen. Um, they're ambiguous or they are the token Asian, right? Um, and I think it's really important to show that they have, they themselves have stories that are interesting and that should be told. And, you know, I'm a terrible writer when it comes to uh, screenplays, so it's not for me to write the next amazing mixed screenplay, sadly, but at least maybe I can help inspire other mixed writers who think maybe, oh, my story won't get picked up because I'm mixed and, and show, no, it will be, look, you have an audience for it. Yeah. I'm actually been curious about this too, because there's, like how to write mixed Asian stories without being, this is a mixed Asian story. Um, Cause I think it's both sides are important because we want to talk about what it means to be mixed Asian. Yeah. Um, you're not being seen. Let's have characters interact. Like, what are you <laughs> kind of ways, all those types of stuff. But then how do we make it? Um, and can we get to a point or are we even there yet to be, this is the story. We just have two parents that are very different. Someone who looks mixed and they just have another story. I don't think we're quite there yet, sadly. I wish we were. We're not We're not really there yet at all. I mean, we're not there yet with Asian Americans or Asian mm. stories. So, yeah. Uh, I think uh, to all the boys I love did a pretty good job with the whole mixedness without, like, being 
making that the center of the story. I think that they did a very good job with that. And the, she just got to be this teenage girl. I'm just not a fan of young adult well stuff yeah sure i understand that and also the mother was gone yeah and she was dead <laughs> so like, so she's like, dead so it's like you know just put the white father in yeah i, I feel I like, like that's a thing too oh god i, I know us uh, so, i mean shadow and bone right they're mixed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's really i think that's cool um doogie Howser rebuilt boot on disney it's a mixed family and they don't necessarily talk about it too much like it's just it just is that's the family uh that's hawaii so I think there are stories kind of out there. It, it you just kind of have to a little do a little digging, and just yeah, I it's hard. It's such a I want there to just I just want to be able to play humans and be a human without having to explain my existence, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't. Are we there yet? I don't. I don't know. I think we're still waiting. Uh, we're still not waiting, but we're still like waking um waiting for like the interracial relationships in the first place like yeah. we haven't even had that point to let them that those characters have kids <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 so sad like when i see one on tv I'm like oh my god this is amazing and i think we're still at that point where it's like oh my god this is so cool look at the mixed family that until we can get past making that the norm and we're just like oh cool look there's another family mm-hmm. that that's going to be the forefront if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it won't be until we're kind of over that. Then more things can happen. We can just be people and not the exotic character or like the alien from outer space, like what, uh, pop palm. What's, uh, from, oh gosh, mm. guardians of the galaxy. Oh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she plays, she plays like a mantis alien character. Oh, that's her name. Yeah. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's mixed. So it's like, okay. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, I think the most recent thing I've seen is Love Heart with Jimmy O. Yang. And, oh, you know, because okay. his mother, his mother's dead, but the stepmother's white. And, I mean, his father is James Saito, so he's Japanese, but that doesn't make sense. But the other, you know. Um, oh, James. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, what's what's the other dude's name from um, Ever Have I Ever? The, uh, the other mixed kid. Derek? Derek? No. His name, I always, I'm so, I'm awful with um names remembering he's oh i'm he, terrible yeah i know and i just learned today like oh if you're a good leader you remember names and i'm like oh. i know they <laughs> they say that and i do my best but i we have so much in our brains like yeah. something something's gotta give uh once i and once i say the name i'm gonna look it up right now uh, uh darren barnett oh oh uh, okay so he's mixed in himself he's mixed japanese american oops um, but his family in the story was also mixed and he just oh. briefly, just briefly, he goes, Oh, these are my parents. And I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's also a, what Dash and Lily and that's mm-hmm. a mixed family. And two of my friends are the brother and sister. And that's so cool. I was like, Oh my God, they're mixed and they're siblings. They're both half Japanese. I love this. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. And, um, and, and it has grown since then, but I think the other part of it is too, is that if we don't ask and know or talk about it we might not even recognize it because some people will present one way or the other or you know, if you looked at me some people will say you might be japanese and so they don't even think i'm mixed at all and so there's that other half like they won't even people won't question until you bring it up and i think oh, yeah. that's a part of it too so or they going, argue with you which is always fun well you don't <laughs> look that are you sure you're not ukrainian you really god. look ukrainian no i'm not ukrainian yeah, don't you can sure tell me what I am. Tell me, thank you. Um, I remember this one it. audition. I don't want to age myself. Oh God, maybe I will. Okay, so I had an audition for Memoirs of a Geisha, hmm. and the casting director was like, "You're so exotic. What are you?" And of course, they're not supposed to ask you that. It's illegal. But you know, little baby Alex was like, "Well, I'm half Japanese, French, Russian, Jew, and..." Wow, you know, you really look Siberian. Are you not? Maybe you're Siberian. Great. Yeah, that's like great. Cool. I'm not going to book this, but. Cool. <laughs> oh man, um, doing. What's been the hardest thing about doing mixation media? Work boundaries. Go into that a little more. So I 
can easily just get so wrapped up in work that I kind of put everything else in my life to the side, my relationships and my friendships, things that like, I think really do matter to have a fulfilling life. And uh, I can get very tunneled vision when it comes to my projects, which is good because I get shit done. And when I say I get something done, I'm going to get it done. You, I, I have, that is something I always pride myself in is that if I tell you I'm going to do something, I do it and it happens. But sometimes that can be detrimental to mental health. It can be detrimental to, I don't eat. I forget to eat stuff like that. So I'm just trying to, our, my model and I would say ma'am's model for this year is work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just really trying to enjoy the process because I really as geeky as it sounds, I love like contacting and interacting with PR companies and like arranging the interviews with my team. And I love putting the puzzle together. I find it really satisfying and I love checking things up off on a list. I just, it's so like, Ooh, (laughs) things that give me joy. Uh, and it's just trying then to go, you know, you also like to watch terrible reality TV too. That's okay. You can go do that, Alex. You can go watch your 90 day fiance and, and not keep working. Right. So and that's something that I have to constantly remind myself and, and work on because I can easily stay up until 3 a.m. putting around the computer and doing work stuff. Yeah, no, I feel that too. I, I have to remind myself to eat. And right now I feel like I've just been eating because I have to eat for substance (laughs) and it's not been the best food. It's just been whatever I have left and my fridge is getting very empty. That (laughs) that was me during the festival. I like my husband was like, you haven't eaten. You had a smoothie. That's all you've had. I'm like, at least it's nutritious. Yeah. No, you need to eat. It's five fruits and vegetables in my stomach where I would just eat one. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm putting nutrients in me. It's okay. Uh, so it's just really, and I love food. So that's also like ironic at that point when I don't eat. Yeah. I miss food a lot. Um, what's been, (laughs) I do, (laughs) I miss really good food. Um, what's been one of the highlights of doing mixed age or in, in some of your work? Um, personally it's, getting those messages and emails, whether on social media or just by our email with people just saying, oh my God, I found my community. This is so awesome. Thank you. I feel seen. I feel heard. That is just so, I mean, it just, it just makes me so happy. The little hop academy just feels so happy when I, when I get that, um, on a like successful way, I, I, I was, pretty impressed that we got Japanese breakfast for one of our covers. That was pretty cool. And then working with Disney and, and, and flying out to LA to shoot the Doogie Howser cast, like that was pretty cool. And then just meeting all these awesome other mixed creatives, especially during the festival. I mean, Oh my God, the people that we worked with and, and spoke with every uh, Diana Lee and I don't want to mess, mess up her last name, Diana Lee Innocent. She was the magistrate on uh, on the Mandalorian, and she's just the nicest human being ever. And her her she's like known as um, I think uh, I want to call it uh, stunt like royalty because her godfather was Bruce Lee. Yeah, That's so crazy. just getting to work and meet these other people out there is so cool, and and. And how kind everyone is and how everyone is so generous with their time for us. And it's just been, I'm always just so amazed that people want to continue to work with us and work with me. I really am. I'm, I'm very, very honored to, to have met all these amazing folks and to work with the team that I work with. Yeah. And how did you find your team? Where did they all come from? Um, so most of us, <laughs> so most of us met uh, doing theater in new york city that's how we pretty much all met i was like oh you're a mixed station i'm mixed station oh you're a mixed station i'm mixed station and we kind of just formed like a gaggle of papas 
is the best way to <laughs> call it. Sure. And um, I was writing a silly blog at the time called Miso Hapa. It was a play, you know, play on words again. Uh, some people were like, that's derogatory. You should never use miso. That's miso horny. I'm like, have a sense of humor first. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I wasn't, that was not my intention. There were old magazines called Yolk and Rice. And I found that out. I'm like, come on. Like, like <laughs> it's, chill. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm not burning down the country. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and so I was doing that and I just kept being really frustrated and not seeing the, the representation I wanted to see. I was just getting so frustrated and so frustrated being put in a box. So I just basically was like, hey, I, it might have been over Bobo tea with my friends be like, hey, what if we started our own magazine? And for some reason, everyone thought it was a great idea. I still can't believe they all followed me on that. <laughs> and so like Sam Tanabe has been with me from the beginning. And fun fact, we had the same birthday. Wow. All right. Yeah, he was also, we played, so we met doing Hello Dolly with National Asian Artist Project. He was uh, Barnaby and I was Minnie Faye. And that was really fun. Uh, so that's how we met. And that's actually how I also met Rebecca Lee Learman, who also works with us. Uh, she's one, she, she lives down the street from me. And uh, Allison Leah Bender met her through another friend, uh, Melissa Slaughter, uh, think we met online and then we met up for coffee and just became fast friends after that. And then she and I had a podcast for a while as well. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Lauren Hardy became involved because of Melissa Slaughter. And uh, Lauren Wynn literally saw us online and was like, hey, I want to work with you and take celebrity photos. Can I do that? So that's kind of how we found our core team. And Michaela, so funny thing about Michaela Ternetsky Holland, like, oh my God, she is a boss, just a boss. I admire her so much with her level of professionalism and just all of her amazing projects she does herself. Um, sh- she was our, one of the producers of Mixed Asian Media Fest. So sh- fun fact, she and I actually danced together in a uh, this Filipino dance concert. Like, I... Like we knew each other and like we talked, we was both like, oh, you're mixed, I'm mixed, cool. Oh, you worked at Disney, I worked at Disney. We probably have so many mutual friends. And then we kind of parted ways and would run into each other like on the street or just in passing. And then Lauren Hardy kept saying, I need to bring this, I, you got to meet this this woman, Michaela. She's amazing. She just has done so much and she can just help elevate everything and tie everything together. I was like, oh, okay. And then I saw her on our Zoom meeting. I was like, wait a second, I know you. She goes, yeah. I was like, oh my God, my worlds are colliding. I was like, this is insane. So that's how Michaela became involved. And then Brie became involved um, through, I believe I met her at the Consortium of Asian American Theater Artists, Kata, their big conference that happened in Chicago in 2018, 2019. And so that's how I met her. And she's helped out a lot. And then a lot of other people has just been by word of the mouth and just emailing in and saying, hey, I want to contribute. What can I do? How can I help? Um, Brittany is another person that we that helps of us with photography sometimes and she's a very talented actress actor uh yeah we, we're pretty much all um based in the entertainment industry in some way or another predominantly most of us are actors mm-hmm. which, yeah i mean you got a lot of people working with you and i think that's that's just power of community to make something work and happen and grow over the past what was it it's like five years right it'll be five years in september and yeah. you know it kills me that i'm not able to give them the money that they deserve. That's the thing, but in the, but the <clears throat> fact that they still want, believe in this and they still keep moving with me. I just, I, I hope it pays off in the end for everyone. I really do. And I hope they're getting, I hope they're getting something out of it. Yeah. Well, and I'd like to ask you about that too. How do you, you know, I'm, I'm really curious because you've had this team for so long and they're still with you. You know, we've gone through so many people here at Strong Asian Lane and now it's mostly just me. So how do you keep people, you know, together as a community to, to work on this mission? Um, I think we work incredibly holistically in the sense that I'm very clear just with communication. 
tell me your bandwidth. If something comes up and you can do it, just just let me know. Um, if you are feeling overwhelmed, talk to me. What can we do to lessen that overwhelming feeling? What can we do to lighten the workload? Or do you need to take a break? That's okay too. So I'm, I think we work very well that way. So many people come in and out all the time. So it's not necessarily just the same people all the time. I mean, it's Sam and me mm-hmm. all the time, but so many other people come in and out and they work with us when they can and give us what they can. But I'm, but I think part of it is just because I'm very clear on communication. You come first as an individual, your mental health comes first, your physical health comes first. And if your needs aren't being met, then you need to let me know. And I, I like to think maybe because of that, people aren't turned off then by the fact that we can't necessarily pay them. And that also, you know, we're kind of a fun group of people. We like to do fun things before COVID. <laughs> yeah. That, so, that settled things in real quick though. Cause if yeah. we can meet up and you can do things, it's, you know, we've done stuff all, all we've only been virtual yeah. only cause we started there. So it's really hard to keep people coming in and enjoying space. It's, it's always just been zoom calls and phone calls. It's, it's so hard. Fun. It's hard on zoom. And you know, it's a little different, I think here in, in New York city granted, you know, we're fortunate enough that, uh, oh gosh, I forgot to even mention Lauren Lola. Uh, yeah. She wrote about us when we first came out on Hoppa Mag. I forget for which publication. I forget, but she wrote about us. She was like, "There's a there's a mixed Asian platform. How cool is that?" And you know, we just would kind of cro- keep crossing paths online. And uh, it last was it last year? I guess it was last year or maybe 2020. Sam and I were like, "Hey, Lola." would you want to join the team and, and just be one of our like consistent writers? Cause that's what you do. And, and she agreed to it. And of course it was like, if I had the bandwidth, if I'm like, no, just let me know if you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And she's turned down things and that's fine. So, but she's, I, I adore her. Um, she's a really wonderful writer. And, and I finally met her in person last year. But yeah, I, see, I, I find I see her all the time. It's on our meetings. Are I even saw her at the Sundance thing the other day, and I was like, "Great!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think it's just different because New York City is so much easier to get people together, yeah. even in the time of COVID. It can be. I mean, I go grocery shopping right across the street from where Sam lives, and I'll be like, "Hey, you home? Want to go get a boba?" And sometimes he's home, and sometimes he's not, and he'll come meet me. So it's just easier in New York City to have connection. Just general community in New York is just so much better. It, it really it is. is. Because you really, if you're going to, for LA, it's like, okay, I'm going to come see you, but it's going to take maybe two hours to drive to you because of traffic. And then I'm only going to see you for an hour. And then I have to look for parking. I mean, it's a whole ordeal, right? Yeah. When friends come, I'm like, you're coming to Koreatown, right? <laughs> I think one guy even didn't, didn't respond back to me. I was like, you're coming to Koreatown. I was like, oh, I'm going to check our schedule. And then he never, so he's leaving tomorrow. I'm like, great, fine. Yeah, so like, that's the, the you know, when I was in LA, I like, unless my friends lived in Long Beach where I was, I didn't see anyone. I would go to work, go to Disney. Maybe we would go get something to eat after our shows. And then I'd go home. But if we were going to have like a party, if you if it was in LA, I wasn't going. Yeah, thank like, you for coming to me to have lunch. And so I appreciate that a lot. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I pick and choose my people, you yeah. know. Also, I mean, I don't drive anymore. I need to get my license again. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't lose it. I did not lose it. I just let it go. Yeah. Um, people are going to think, oh, God, what did she do? No, just didn't renew it in time. Uh, yeah, so I, it's, it, so it, to me, it was like, ah, just take an Uber. That's, I do that in New York. So whatever. And it's actually cheaper in L.A. Really? Uh, yeah. Gross. So far. But yeah, I think there's, um, no, I, I love, I'm enjoying LA now. Cause it's like, I'm in my own place. It's, it's January recording this in January, 2022. And I'm sure it's cold as hell in New York right now. So I'm in my shirt. I was in my rooftop this whole past all yesterday and just like in a tank top sleeping. <laughs> don't even, don't even. It was, I was like, like, this is hot. <laughs> I think it was like a high of 10 the other day. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't get easier, the cold. Mm-mm. It doesn't. No. <laughs> but even then, even then, people, you know, not COVID, not there. It's like people would still travel 
You can go around because you can just take the subway into it and you just don't have to worry about it. You can go as far. It's just more about time than it is about how much costs yeah. or, you know, how much time to find the parking, all that kind of stuff. You just keep, you just keep trucking along. Yeah. It's just easier here to have that community. And yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm just, like I said, I'm just very honored and always just so taken aback that people have been with me for so long on this project. It's just, it really means so much to me. And I know I'm so lucky because I know how hard that I, how apparently it's really hard to maintain that. And I'm just mm-hmm. very fortunate. Yeah. So tell me about uh, Mixed Asian Media Fest. Tell me about MAMFest and oh. when the dates are, all that, what it's <laughs> you about. Mean, you mean the Comic Con we created? Yeah, yeah, the, the Mixed Con. Oh my God. Uh, so we're not gonna do that this year. Uh, last year, it was literally five day virtual festival um all day all night and it was non-stop content and it was incredible i just i still can't believe we pulled it off for our first year and so mixed asian media fest is a festival through for creative mixed asian american pacific islander indigenous hawaiian folks uh it, it can be a film it can be a documentary it can be a dance piece it can be an artwork it could be poetry it can be anything creative uh, and they're in, in conjunction with the screenings of these projects, there's also talkbacks. There's also um, AMAs, Ask Me Anything. There's also workshops. There's uh, very specified, like we had a, a, I would say, TV film talkback. And we had a theater, New York City theater talkback as well and then we had like a transitioning from stunt work to being an actor t- talk back um we had a queer lgbtq plus talk back so we really tried <laughs> yeah we try to be, be incredibly yeah. intersectional i i do want because last year was so broad and so expansive and this year i'm really hoping for it to be a hybrid of in-person and virtual content i'm hoping that we can kind of downsize meaning it's not going to be a a hundred speakers it's going to be a lot more curated in if you're in new york city you can come to this live thing cool if you can't maybe we might be able to pre-record you but we're not going to it's it's more important for me to finally have some in-person interactions in new york city with the mixed community for this version of mm-hmm. the, this festival. And that's not to say we may have to, who knows with COVID, we may have to switch back to an all virtual festival and that could change a lot of what we do. But I also want, a lot of the feedback was there was just too much content. Mm. <laughs> Which is, um, I guess, a good problem. <laughs> it's a good problem. Michaela's like, I never do anything half-ass. You yeah. said you wanted a festival, I gave you a Comic-Con. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, you did. And it was amazing. Uh, so I, and I selfishly want to be able to enjoy the content mm-hmm. that we're showcasing. And I, I didn't, I, I you know, I, I've had some people say, oh, did you see my film? Mm-hmm. No, I, I didn't. I'm really sorry. <laughs> They're like, well, what do you mean? You didn't see the film. You, you're the, this is your festival. I'm like, yeah. How do you think everything else gets done? <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. I was like, I was up until three in the morning, making sure those emails and the schedule was going out. Like, yeah, we're not made of you know money. Everybody running it, it's usually the founders yeah, <laughs> doing a lot sorry. of stuff too. Sorry, I wear <laughs> multiple hats. Yeah, just hats on hats on hats on top of sombreros. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I, I selfishly want to be able to enjoy it and soak it in, and be able to actually talk to people, and yeah. and I also don't want to selfishly be burnt out like I was after the last fest. I mean, it took me, I feel like it's, it took me a good several months to start to feel like I could stare at a computer computer screen again. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's so, not selfish. That's, that's boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> that's once again, work boundaries. Sure. Yeah. No, that's really important. So um, that's yeah. what I'm hoping for this fest. And we're, so we're just, we're, we're once again, Leviathan lab is our fiscal sponsor and they're a wonderful BIPOC organization. So we're, we're hopefully going to have, be able to have a space and have a few screenings and have a few talkbacks. I'm actually hoping we might be able to do some 
maybe an acting intensive, whether it's for theater, for film, or for commercials, depending on who we can get, uh, and just to be a little more interactive in person. Yeah. I mean, I, I look forward to visiting New York and coming out for the festival. I'm like excited for that. I'm really um, excited. And hopefully we'll get to the point where we can have like the festival happen in New York and then maybe something's happening in LA and then maybe something in the middle of the country. Hopefully we get to that point. Yeah. That'd be pretty dope. Um, what, when to tell the audience is like, when are the dates, when are the submission dates or all that? If you have to pull it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm totally with you with that. We um, just, uh, posted it on our social media today. Yeah. Well, Rebecca Lee Learman did. She made a beautiful video. I have to say, uh, so important dates, ma'am's, Mamf 2022, September 14th to the 18th. Submissions will be open on Film Freeway starting February 1st. Early bird deadline is March 1st. Regular deadline is April 1st. Late deadline is April 22nd. And we're hoping to notify selections by July 29th. Cool. Very good. Yeah. And, when, and this is open to filmmakers, short films, music videos, poetry, screenwriting, everything. Podcasting. Um, if you have a project, you're like, huh. I don't see a category necessarily fit in. Uh, please message us. Like, don't We're, just write it off like, oh, I can't be part of it. Please message us because mm -hmm. we we will usually be able to make it work unless it's something like so crazy that we're just like, how, how is this even possible? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to do some aerobatic aerobics or. <laughs> yes, I don't know. You know, something like you're, you're I don't I don't know. I, yeah. A box full it's of kittens on fire, you know, something <laughs> weird. Um, so basically, if you are a creative, uh, you can be part of this. And all we ask is that someone one person on the team, whether they're part of the producing team, or the directing team, or the creative team or that the acting side be of mixed API descent. That's all mm -hmm. we ask because we don't, you know, we don't expect a whole film to be just done by mixed. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I yes, I do. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Uh, but, mm -hmm. but, you know, not that we realize that's not quite, we're not there yet. So that's all we ask. I think yeah. it's, it's pretty, we're pretty open and lenient and just email us if you have any questions. We'll get mm -hmm. back to you. And where to? Info at uh, uh, no uh, for festival, I would say fest at mixedasiamedia.com. Uh, if you want to have any questions regarding specifically MAM, then info at mixedasiamedia.com. Where I'm trying to keep us as organized as possible. It's, it's everything's juggling all the time, so you just you just do your best. <laughs> yeah, we have so many emails now, yeah. it's, it's great and it, it does help. Um, but I'm still checking all the emails. <laughs> sure. Um, one last question as we start to start to wrap up a little bit. Um, what's the future for mixed Asian media? And then what's the future for you and your hopes for mixed Asians in entertainment? Oh, gosh, the future for mixed Asian media. I mean, I have my like, big dreams for yeah, it. Big dreams. I love it. Oh, dreams. gosh, Enjoy. my like, ideal big dream, we get a a very rich investor that's like, I like what you do. Here's all the money in the world to pay your people and just create everything you want. And you can provide health care for your employees. That's like, that's like my, my dream. Uh, I, 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 I think it'll happen. I think that that'll happen. Yeah. Something like that, at least something like that will happen. Manifest but I, it. I'm, 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 I'm aiming really big. But I would settle just to be paid for her content uh, and to be able to pay my people something. Mm -hmm. uh, and my hopes for just mixed Asians in general for the yeah. future, that we don't have to keep having the same conversation of, I don't belong. I don't know where I fit in. That finally we can just start being like, yeah, I'm pretty cool. Look what I did. This is cool. And we don't have to break down the trauma and talk about the trauma constantly that we some we can move past it and then the next generation doesn't have that trauma anymore and that they can just be cool awesome human beings doing good in the world that's my hope it, i hope it doesn't i hope we don't have to constantly keep having the same conversation over of like I, like i said there's a there can be a lot of trauma around being mixed and i just 
I hope we can move past that. I don't know if I will ever see that in my lifetime, but I hope that the next generation, it will be easier for them. And I hope that just continues through the ages. I hope so too. And I, and I would love to know, um, I don't want to end on this. So I'll ask this question, then I'll find another question and on, but like, what is that trauma? What should we, what are people like, sometimes I don't, I might have trauma, but I don't, um, recognize that I'm having that trauma in it. What, what do you, what do you see often? I think, I mean, I know once again, I can really only speak about my experience. Granted, I hear a bunch of experiences, yeah. but the constant having to code switch and constantly mm. having to feel that I, I belong in this space. I can be in this space. I can take up space. Um, I feel like I always have to prove, yeah, I'm Japanese. Hey, I'm Japanese. Look, I can kind of hold chopsticks. You know what I mean? Like, please don't give me that fork when I'm going to a Japanese restaurant <laughs> or any Asian restaurant. Like, no, no, no. I know how to use these. Right. Um, constantly having to prove I can be in this space or, and same with Jewish spaces for myself, constantly having to be like, yeah, I was raised kosher. I am Jewish. No, I wasn't bought mitzvah. No, I didn't belong to a temple because we couldn't afford it, but I am Jewish. And I feel like I'm always having to prove that us, especially in, in the arts and entertainment. And I would just like to not have to do that. It gets traumatizing after a while having to, con I mean, white people don't have to do that. No. They don't have to be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm really German. I'm really, really German. They don't have to say that. We just are like, okay, cool. You're German, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I see that a lot. And or, or just especially, you know, I mean, I can, once again, for, for females identifying is the, oh, you're so exotic. Where are you from? Mm. And that's just, it's so gross. It's like the categorizing, the the qualifying, like you're this, but you're not that. But I'm like, you know, I'm what I am. Why does it matter? Why does, Why does it matter? matter in general? I mean, race in its own construct of having that. But then mixed is like such a crazy concept to people that they can't it even is. just, I don't understand why they can't just. I, I remember being interviewed on this one podcast while a long time ago when I first started uh, my, my blog and it was a mixed podcast. And the guy interviewing me kept saying, well, what do you think? Why do you think the reason is that you see so many Jews and Asians together? And I knew he was trying to ha make me say something a, a lot, you know, what I mean, along the lines of the whole uh, white male, Asian female stereotype. Right. I, I know he was trying to, he's trying to guide me in that direction. And I was just like, I don't know, because they love each other. And that was my answer. I mean, honestly, probably because we're both uh, we'll never be white and we're just minorities right within the white lens there's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of stuff to unpack there but i know he was trying to push me toward this does that that icky yeah stuff and and then that's a whole that's a whole nother thing white male asian female asian male white female thing yeah <laughs> yeah and i've been i've i've dated a lot of uh, jewish women <laughs> i just i keep Jack, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just like my, uh, my mom likes Asian guys. <laughs> just Never. you know, it's not a, it's not a part. It's not even a choice of priorities. It's like yeah, that's what I've been. You know, I find people who are just who I'm really attracted to emotionally or, or romantically, and just like oh yeah, there's there's some sort of thing there. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I just I I just I get I, that's that's another thing. I just hope we can get moved past that as well. Let's move yeah. past the, why are they dating each other? Why is that mm -hmm. a family? Why, why did they marry that person or have a child with that person? Why can't it just be, Hey, they thought each other were hot and that's what they wanted. Like, yeah. And I'd love to get past the, um, that's from the outside in, but also from the inside looking in saying, well, maybe I can't because it's perpetuating the stereotype. Or don't do it because you not. I'm like the knife struggle. I'm like, well, I want to love who I want to love, and that, but I feel yeah. like I'm, you know, doing the whole thing. So it's really hard to, you know, have both sides. It's it's. I mean, and there's <clears throat> various groups on Reddit that don't help <laughs> the situation at all. So yeah, don't even try a four chan. Like <laughs> you don't touch it. No, uh, no ten no, foot no. Ethernet cable. Um, and one last thing. Uh, what's the your favorite thing about being mixed? The food. Yeah. <laughs> All the food. I love food. I love that. I love Jewish food. I love Japanese food. And I just love exploring my roots through food. And that's mm -hmm. my favorite thing about being mixed. And I like playing with the different flavors together. Yeah. I made a very fun 
matzo ball soup with matzo balls made of sesame oil instead of schmaltz and mm. daikon radish. Mm, so, okay, yeah. Yeah, I like playing with flavors and I, I love exploring my heritage that way because it's it's easy for me to connect with. Um, and I, I don't know, I just think it's, it's taken me a long time to be comfortable in my own skin. And I think in part that was finally deciding to dye my hair purple and just stop giving two fucks about what other people think of me. Um, but that's what I liked about, I like being mixed. I like, I wouldn't change that. I really wouldn't. I, I love that I can like boba one day and I can be like, no, I don't want boba today. I want something else. And, and I don't have to justify it. Yeah, no it's one so should. basic. It's in kind general, of basic, no one should have to. <laughs> no one should have to actually. I, I, I almost need, like almost. I never love boba. Like I have one from once in a while. I'm like, it's not my thing. <laughs> How dare you? I know. I'm the bad oh, Asian. you're gonna be excommunicated <laughs> from the Asian club. I I, I didn't grow up with boba. I think I had it only once or it, twice. Neither did I. Yeah. I didn't have it until I moved to New York, and then I was like, "What is this magical drink?" Weird. Yeah, um, that's a big SoCal thing, but yeah. Yeah, I, you know, my my family's Jewish, and they were like, "No, we're not getting you boba. <laughs> yeah, like, we well, don't like boba." <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I was gonna say something else that I like about being oh that. Well, I, another thing I actually like about being mixed, and as much as I complain about being ambiguous, ambiguity, and all that, it's fun to go to different countries. And then have those people just accept you as the, them mm. because they don't know what you are. And it's mm. kind of cool. Uh, like I went to Greece and they just assumed I was Greek and they were handing me menus in Greek. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God, I don't, it's not even the same alphabet. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, granted, I haven't been to Japan. I know it's a different thing when you go to like Japan or China uh as a mixed asian i know that's different but at least as far as like some of the eastern european countries mm -hmm. and even when i've been to mexico or the or the south south america it's uh usually they just assume i'm them and mm -hmm. then they're more apt to be like oh you're gonna want to go to this local joint and not point me towards the touristy spot sure so i kind of mm -hmm. I, I think that's the one cool thing about being mixed and kind of being ambiguous yeah do you think it's just an American thing then? Like mostly? As far as? As like people like questioning and, and not, and actually not, not that caring, but like, they're just like, so not it's like curious, but it's more like, stop. <laughs> um, I think it depends. Cause like London's a little different. No one, ex uh, no one was like, oh, you're, you're a Londoner. You know, no, no okay. one. <laughs> And and I when I've been to Paris a couple, a couple they usually do think I'm French. Hmm. I think it just depends. Oh gosh, maybe on how white the society is. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like if I went to Ireland or if I went to Iceland. Well, no, I don't know. B B Bjork, 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 Bjork. I don't know. Yeah, she she's Bjork. Icelandic, and everyone always assumes that she's mixed Asian. So I don't know, but I've just found that when I have gone to certain countries, they just assume that I'm one of them. Uh, which is but nice. I also haven't, which is nice. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's just me. Cause I kind of just go wherever. And I, I don't look, I try not to look like a scared tourist. That's probably, mm -hmm. probably also helps. Yeah. No, I'm the one with the, with the paper map. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I did that in New York and some, some dude in the wall street and he was big and he had one of the, you know, I'm some sort of suit, not like, I don't know, gestured like suit, but it didn't fit in. So I remember being big and he's like, you're not from here. <laughs> like, just showing me and doing stuff. And he's one of those dudes who's supposed to be helping people or whatever, like a touristy kind of guy. Um, but I just remember being like, and he just saw me as this Asian dude with a paper map <laughs> looking at and finding the thing like, you're gonna get robbed because you're not paying attention. I'm like, probably. <laughs> yeah, pro probably actually. Yeah, I think that, eh, I take the back. Maybe my whole ambiguous thing is a total lie. Maybe it's just don't act like a tourist. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Okay, oh, never God. mind. There goes my theory. <laughs> Sorry to burst that bubble. <laughs> uh, well, Alex, it was so good to speak to you about this and um, you know hear more about what you've done and, and for so long and and just kind of go a little deeper. I know we will, we'll come back to this conversation um, 
later and we'll do our clubhouse and during Manfest. So, you know, if all the listeners, please tune in, ask questions and be part of the community and be more curious about the mixed Asian identity. I think um, this is another subset of Asian identities that we don't talk about too often. Another, um, you know, just not sidetracked, but just uh, I'm thinking of the word just smaller, smaller Community. Niche. I mean, no, no, yeah. But we're also taking over the world. I mean, in a hundred <laughs> oh, years, yeah. everyone's going to be mixed. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's just like, that's, you know, just see what that is too. Um, and if somebody is mixed, like having be able to ask, not talk about it, talk about, it, but not ask about it. I think get me on the say, you know, yeah. And, and recognize it. I think that's Please don't be that part. asshole that comes up yeah. to a mixed person. Be like, what are you? Please don't yeah. do that. No, no. <laughs> don't do that. All right, Alex. Well, thank you. Thanks again so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate thank you. you. Okay. All right, everybody. We're going to close out for our, our podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week. If not, I'll have an episode uh, on Thursday. I'm trying to go for that two two episodes a week. And I think it's, <laughs> it's a lot, but um, we're going to try as much as we can. All right. Tell your friends. Thank you. Bye.